Hello and welcome to another episode of our COVID-19 Global Special. Today's guest is Eric Brown from uh, the Double Edge Podcast, and he resides in, in Mexico, uh, Mexico City. And he's sharing with us his experiences during the pandemic and what he's gotten out of it. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to support us on our Patreon. So for as low as a dollar a month, which is less than the price of a coffee, you can financially support us in creating meaningful content uh, that is helping to shape our community and listeners all over the world. Thank you very much and enjoy the show. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. This is an open mind, and you're listening to I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. All right, we got Eric with us from Double Edge, the uh, the new podcast that, what did you say, it started in... Oh, just, just barely, like one month ago <laughs> whoa right on man welcome welcome to the club <laughs> awesome yeah. so we were talking a little bit beforehand about some of the subjects that you're doing and it's it's very organic you've had your family on you've you've done something for yourself and uh one of the yep. things you talked about is you're recently married you recently got married in november Yes, and if it weren't for the fact that my ring doesn't actually fit on this finger, I'd be wearing it there. But for for now, until we get it fixed, I'm going to be wearing it here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's very much been a uh, a learning process for you, because I mean, let me just say this: if I was married at 21, good lord, I would be probably on to my third marriage by now. So, but I'm not. I uh, you know here I am at 31, so still not even married. I'm engaged. But oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah, yeah. Congratulate me. I don't know if you can congratulate my, my partner, Jen. She might be like, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> he's amazing. And I do awesome. my best. So now what you got married at 21. Yep. Was this a high, was this a high school sweetheart or? No, not at all. Okay. Actually, we didn't even in the beginning, we didn't even live in the same place. So she's from Acapulco. I'm from Mexico City. Well, not from, but when we met, I was currently living in Mexico City. Right. And we met in a camp. There's this yearly camp we have. So so we met there, became friends, and then slowly things were escalating. We actually went out together for the first time in 2017. And people go like, what? You were going out for two years before you got into a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship? Well, it sounds like a lot. It wasn't a lot because, like I said, this the distance. Yeah, we right. went out like five times, you know what I mean? Right. So in 2019, January, we got together. And at the end of that year, around November, we actually broke up. Mm. So that's where the interesting part takes place because – and that's, what, that's the reason I – on my – you know, the show that I was telling you about, I talked about, well, don't always just follow your heart. Right. <laughs> like my friend says, bring your brain along for the ride. Because honestly, things would have worked out fine if we were just a little bit, a little more patient. Mm -hmm. Because the reason we broke up was it was looking like I was going to leave to the States right. to study. And it was looking like she was going to stay there longer than we had hoped. Mm -hmm. So... 
you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't like, oh, you're my ex, I hate you. No, we're still friends, but right. it's just not going to work. And one year later, pandemic comes along. She, she's forced to move here with the rest of her family. I'm forced to stay here. So, hey, you know what yeah. I mean? We just got to be patient and things work out. But, um, yep, that's that's how we finally cross paths once again and slowly built up the relationship. It was kind of awkward for me in the beginning, but I mean, everything worked out and now we're married since November 2020. I mean, hey, that's what? You're going on four months? Yes, just, yep, just barely. That's, that's longer than most marriages in Hollywood, my friend. I mean, I'd say you're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Here we go, man. Yeah. I Yeah, it's definitely a learning process. I know in my relationships, I mean, in this day and age, there's so many distractions, so many, uh, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. Oh, yeah. And and really, my philosophy is the grass is green where you water it. So what you put your attention and effort into is is what you'll get out of it. Yep. There it is. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And And I know in my previous relationships, that's why it didn't work. So. There you have it. Yeah, even, I mean, I can't say I've been married several times. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I haven't either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I have had previous relationships right. where it's just a thing of, oh, I want to. And one day I wake up and, eh, you know, what? I don't want to anymore. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, just that immature way of thinking where all of a sudden you have to grab a hold of yourself and say, you know what? You just got to get to a point of realizing if you don't water it, it's yeah. going to die, you That's know? Right. So, yep. That's and and, and this process of understanding ourselves, because I became a teenager when I was 21. So, you know, I was a bit of a late bloomer, if you, <laughs> if you get my drift, at least psychologically. But here I am now. And uh, I've, when you find out there's, Mark Twain says it, this isn't me, that there are two important days. The two most important days in a person's life is mm. the day that they're born and the day yep. that they find out why. Why? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, damn, that guy knew what was up. Yep. So brings me to, to why I had you on here. And we started this COVID-19 sort of snapshot of what's going on in the world. And it's affected us all. And it's affected us all differently, but also similarly. So I was wondering, you live in the city and you've actually kind of talked about it. I mean, it sounds like because of covid you know, you got married almost as a, as sort of a <laughs> part of a side effect of that. Yeah. You know, a side blessing of that. How, yep. how has it been for you in terms of where you're living? And where I'm living, Mexico city, um, it's definitely been a little chaotic. Mm. Like I, social media is just a mess sometimes, but there at least you can see your friends from high school, your friends from the, all these other groups. You can see kind of how they're thinking. And you can see, by the way, they're posting that some people are just dying in fear. Like they are full-on panicking. You know, so that's that's one thing. And, and, and you can see anywhere. And, and other people just don't believe it. They don't care. They don't, they don't wash their hands. You know, they're, I think that's probably not just the thing here. That's probably a thing everywhere. Right. Uh, but I, I wouldn't, I would have to talk to other people from other countries to know for sure. But yeah, that sounds about, that sounds about right. When it comes to the human race, some people think this, some people think that, uh, but definitely in this, in this city, at least in my circles of, of influence, I have seen a lot of fear 
because there have been more and more recently a lot of deaths so it, it like gets closer in the beginning it was just like oh a chinese guy did this or whatever and it's like oh that's and and people here in mexico city i i don't know if you you guys know this or if this is everywhere but they make memes for everything like the earthquake hit one day and the next day there was like 50 memes about the earthquake and it's like oh goodness gracious i mean at least at least you're not like full on panicking and running away from the city, right? At least you have a, a a sense of of humor when it comes to anything. But then it started getting closer. Then it's mm. like, oh, the friend of the family member of the friend died, or or the the right. sister of this mother died, or and now it's, dude, my uncle died, and it's it, it keeps getting closer and your closer. your uncle died. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying example. Oh yeah, there's, I see what you're saying. There's yeah, people's yeah. uncles that died, and there's people. Yeah. And then finally, recently, I know of family members of mine that were sick. Not not necessarily they died, but they're sick. And now a father of a friend died. And it's just getting closer and closer. And it feels like, you know, not me, but I, I, I look at people and, and they have this, this kind of fear in their eyes. Like they don't know what's going to happen, when things are going to change. So I'd say if I had to describe the city in one word, it would be fear. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the description of many, many other cities out there. Yeah, I, I, as, a, as a clinical counselor, I work predominantly with children in the uh, elementary school stream. And it occupies a lot of real estate. And you can see that, right? It's almost like in the zombie apocalypse movie, the zombies are really just part of the setting and there's like this human drama that's unfolding. And here it's like COVID is the sort of the backdrop and it's occupying how we live and breathe right now. And, and, and to, I mean, to put it into perspective, when we worry, it, it overworks our prefrontal cortex and it makes it more difficult for us to make rational decisions because we're already afraid of what's happening. Which, which results in people being more reactive, more tired, more prone to distraction. And I think there is this double-edged sword to kind of use the name of your show <laughs> to what is happening that yep. we are at kind of what I think is a turning point in our own individual lives that we can continue to watch you know, Netflix and distract ourselves or to sit with ourselves in that deafening silence. And I know that's a a cliche, but it's because it's true and Mm -hmm. find out who we are and what we're meant to do. Uh, Going back to the Mark Twain thing, find our kind of our purpose. Yeah. Because when you're left with yourself, you know, the older you get, the more you realize, man, I, I, I hope I'm doing what I want to be doing. Yeah. That's, that's actually another interesting thing. It, It just made me think of something that happened uh last year well not that happened like it's one event but that's that's Mm -hmm. happening is people before they had a a way to get away from drama you know family drama life if 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 you must uh they had a way of getting away you know they'd go Mm -hmm. to a party they'd go to school even you know to get away of a family or they went with their friends wherever this lockdown has forced people to look within 
So exactly. definitely, I would say COVID is not the only pandemic here. You know, it's it's like one of the things that has forced us to like really just face our problems. And that's where I feel like people are going crazy sometimes because it's hard to face face ourselves you know look at the mirror it's it's hard to do all these things but you're kind of forced to do it in this lockdown so that's just like one other little thing that i've seen and and, oh have you gone crazy yet and that's that's like a a question that's constantly running in the friends have you gone crazy yet have you gone crazy yet but i realize it's not because we're locked down and just because the door is shut we automatically go crazy it's not that the reason the door shutting isn't the reason it's the mirror inside the house that's the reason you know it's just having to look at ourselves having to to realize there's nowhere to run away all the parties are closed (laughs) There, this is just me and looking at my family, and we either fix things or implode. Ab- uh, absolutely. So yeah, it's and it's kind of crazy. It, yeah, it, it's such a good point that yes, the door is closed and we're left. The imagery of that, this this mirror that we have to look at, and there is no more smoke. It's just you staring back at yourself. Now what? So for you, what has it been for you? What has helped you to not go crazy or to get through going crazy? To get through going crazy, I think would be my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it has, I, I, and, I, and I mean this in a respectful way for mm. anybody out there that's suffering because of the sickness. In a way, I feel covid not COVID itself, but what it has produced, apart from all the negative sides, there is a blessing in disguise here because right. it's an opportunity to get back to our kids, to get back to our to our relationships, to really look at ourselves and figure out that why that Twain's talking about. Uh, and for me, it's been exactly that. You know, before you're just running around, you're running around, you're, you're even... You even gained weight probably at the beginning of the pandemic because you're no longer running around. But before I'm I'm working, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Now all of a sudden my legs were cut off, so I'm I'm forced to not run around. I'm forced to to think about why I was running around in the first place. So for me, it was at the beginning of this whole thing. I wanted to keep running around. I wanted to keep working, but then things felt limiting to me so it's like why am i doing everything that i'm doing and that going crazy part i i I can't say i really just went crazy and exploded i don't think it was that um i I don't think i handled it that awfully but uh definitely i think there was a moment that if i didn't catch myself i could have you know just gone over the edge and just lost it but i think it's a blessing that i have a family that loves me and helps me catch myself um and and that was why are you doing everything, you know? Why are you why are you doing uh, uh, this project? Why are you editing these videos? Why are you trying to do this? Why are you trying to do that? You know, it, it, the the podcast. Why everything was like it's not what am I doing anymore? That was before pandemic. Mm. In the pandemic, now is why I'm doing everything, and it was hard to answer those questions at first. And that's where if I didn't catch myself, I would have just gone nuts. But then. But then I, I, I realized what really is 
what I'm trying to do, what my dreams really are. And I'm like, okay, why am I sitting around? I may be in lockdown, but I still have my creativity. I still, I can do things. And, you know, you, you can write and writing is, is one of my passions that I've had on hold, like most of my life. And finally, this was like a, this is like sort of a blessing. And you know what? It's funny because I, I tell everyone, oh, storytelling, that's my, that's my why, you know, writing right. is my why I want to do filmmaking in the future. And, but really it's been a year of the pandemic and ask me how many stories I've written. How because many stories was, have you written? <laughs> okay. You asked me, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. So you, you know what your passion is. It's not like you don't know. You just don't do it because you're focused on the what, on the on the people, on everybody else. But finally, I was forced this year after a year of realizing, okay, I've been doing nothing for myself. Finally, realizing I should be, you know, this is this is what I want to do. Why don't I do storytelling? If I if I wanted, to, why don't I write story stories? So I just started doing that, and and that. That helps me, you know, asking myself questions and surrounding myself by people who love me. I feel like that is a very good answer to surviving going crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the thing for me that I've struggled with for so long, because I've had so many passions and, uh, you know, I would describe myself like you as a pretty passionate person, having meaningful conversations, learning things. That's my passion. But... Uh, I mean, I've struggled with perfectionism and life is just, it's not a game of perfect. It's a work in progress. And the only way that you can progress is by doing it. Right. And that's where those distractions come in. That's where, like you say, the what's, what am I doing? I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm going to parties. I'm do and then I realized I don't actually like doing any of that stuff. <laughs> I love, uh, you know, I'm gr obviously I'm, I'm mindful of how real this thing is and how scary it is, but part of me is kind of thankful for it showing me what's important. Yeah, there it is. And, and just trimming the fat in my life because time, and I say this all the time, time is the ultimate resource and it is not renewable. Yeah. Right. The time that, that you have is the time that you have. Sorry, you're going to say something. Uh, well, you just mentioned I, the, the reason I rambled is because I couldn't find that word that you just mentioned. And that like that, like that's the word I was looking for, you know, perfectionism. The mm. reason I haven't told any stories is because I'm thinking, well, I, I don't have what it takes yet. You know, I have to wait for the pandemic to be over, get out there, study my career, do all of these things. And then I'll know what to do. And then I'll do it right. And then I'll, and then that's just such a, that's just such a dangerous way to live sometimes because oh, yeah. you don't even know if you're going to make it. I know a person uh, uh, before I think you're going to say something, but I know a person that so awful, but the day, this person graduated from her career. I think it was the day or the day after accident. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. That can happen. And, and what did you do? You're trying to prepare your whole life to do something perfect when you could have been already doing it and, and do the work in progress. And so that is like, 
that was scary to me. And, and I, I think it's not until I realized how many people are actually dying near me that I finally put my life into perspective thinking, you know what, I'm going to go with them someday, whether it be tomorrow mm. or in 20 years, I need to start doing what I know I'm good at and, and stop making excuses like, well, I'm not perfect yet. I don't have the theory. Mm. I, I, I need to, you know, I like movie making. So I'm just going to do some castings as an actor and see if, no, what, I mean, what is stopping me from right now writing my own story and filming it with my iPhone? I mean, I think we ha we can do that. We're enough hands in this family. We can, we can make up a story. We can edit it. I mean, and that just, I think it apply, it could apply to, to anybody. Just start right now. Well, and, and, and the only perfect story is the one that's never made. If you think about it, right? There's always going to be some flaw. There's always going to be some critic. And you just, we have to be mindful of what voice we want to let in. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and that's something that I've struggled with is the voices that I let in. And in the end, it's, I think of it this way. There's always going to be some jackass who's like, oh, what an idiot. He's doing what he likes doing. Does anybody understand how ridiculous that sounds? Like they're making fun of somebody for doing what they love. That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Pardon my language. But anyways, yeah. yeah. And, and I say that to kids too. I'm like, you know what the coolest thing to be is? They're like, what? I'm like, to not be cool, just to do what you like doing. This kid yeah. likes singing musicals. He's going to be a millionaire. Jeff Bezos was uncool. He's a trillionaire. Yeah. Do you. Do not do what they do. Do you. And find out what that is. Because that was not taught to me when I was a kid. So yep. the fact that you're 21 and you're doing it. Woo. Good Lord Almighty. You are going places, my friend. Thank you. Now, you were, so talking, you were talking about stories. And you're thinking about stories. What are the stories that you want to tell? Stories that I want to tell. Uh, I'm not going to give details so you don't steal it, but I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm absolutely kidding. I, honestly, I honestly sit down sometimes and just, and just without wanting, you know, without wanting, you make up stories in your head. And and you dream and you're like thinking and and you're listening to music and imagining the scenes. Well, at least I do that. I listen to instrumentals all the time and imagine scenes taking place. But when I grab a blank paper, it's like I have no idea what I want to write, <laughs> and it's just putting the first word down that has to get you to start, you know. And and you can you can watch a thousand videos. What what I did once, and I'm grateful to whoever made this video. But I watch videos on tips on how to write your first story, how to write your first book or your first movie because I'm in, interested in either way of storytelling. But tips. And so I'm, I'm watching these videos, you know, of tips, tips, tips. That's not writing. And all of a sudden I yeah, went, yeah. got to a video where it says, all right, here's some harsh tips for new writers. And they gave some harsh ones. I'm like, oh, wow, that's good stuff. And then they got to one where it's like, uh, you need to stop talking talking about writing and you need to write yeah. you watching this video which by the way cl click the like and subscribe but you watching this video is not writing and i'm like mm. oh my goodness mm. this person is so right like yeah. doesn't matter do how many videos how many careers doesn't matter what you do if you do not put pen to paper you're just not doing anything so so that was like mind opener for me and mm. as soon as i put my pen down i realized 
I just want to tell stories that mean something. You know, just like my podcast, if somebody can learn something from a story or from a podcast or, or whatever, then great. Then I, I helped do something. You know, I was useful before, I mean, whenever God wants to take me, right? right. <laughs> so I, I was useful to somebody with a story. So I have stories that I have executed in the past, which I can't say are all that great. But what I have executed in the past is, for example, I made a short film called The Golden Rule. Mm. It's in Spanish. And I play a, a guy that's, that's French, but talking in Spanish with an accent. The reason I did that is because I knew a French person at the time and I was like listening to them and, and I just wanted to try it out. But the golden rule was basically about a character that wanted to, to keep things for herself, you know, wanted to help herself and, and make sure she was okay. And, and somebody else was in need and she's like, yeah, but I'm in need too. And I can't do, Mm. but then she finally decided she's going to help. And even though she doesn't know what she's going to do with herself, she's just going to help out because at the end of the day, that's that, that's the right thing to do, right? You can see what the details of the story, but that's the right thing to do. And what happened, since it's called the golden rule, is that when she was kind to somebody, they were kind back and other people were kind to her as well. So that was like the golden rule, you know, that was, yeah. uh, that was my first story. I'm also a fan of action. I did one short film where it was just an action fight, basically. but for me, it represented something important, the war between good and evil, you know? And so it was just mm. something fun. It's not like a, a statement. <laughs> it's not like this huge statement, but it was fun to do, and it meant something to me. So that's just the kind of stories I like doing. I can say, though, I think I am very inclined to, to action. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> well, hey, if you ever need a voiceover, an English uh, dub for that, count me in. Awesome. <laughs> do you put your videos on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, right now okay. it's so, all- so people could people could find it right now. Yeah, yep. You you can find me wherever you want. I made it easy. I am all under the same name, Eric Phil Brown, and that's it. That's all of it. <laughs> you can find all the right. podcast under that name too. Yep. I yeah, I'll have to check that out. I mean, that's awesome. So so movies is your thing. What is your favorite movie of all time? Oh, don't ask me that. Okay, one of them, one of them. I can give you one mine right now. I can give you mine right really? now. Really? Easy. Oh, anybody who what? knows me knows what I'm going to say. Lion King. Lion King? Yes. Wow. I love that movie. I love, I mean. Remember who you are. What? Remember who you are. That's the message of the film. Yeah. I mean, my whole yeah. life I've been running Remember away who and you forgetting are. it. He goes, yep. And he goes back to being taking up the throne. That was amazing. I love that movie since I was a little kid. I can watch it today. And anyone that says they haven't watched it, for me, it's just a jaw dropper. It's like amazing. <laughs> um, yes. If definitely. you don't like that movie, I don't trust you. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I, I, that's a terrible movie. Okay, oh man, I we're off to the <laughs> wrong start here, and I don't think there's a finish line. No, yeah, I yeah. definitely agree. We, I actually have a friend that that his he well, it's a a, a a much older guy, and he says, "No, my kids have never seen it." And I'm like, "What kind of parent are you?" It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. you I mean, I can't say it's my favorite though because no. i have just two there's just too many movies out there how can you make me choose but i mean 
I definitely don't disagree with Lion King being a, one of the options. What's okay? So what's one film that you've seen? And I'll give you I'll give you one right now. But one movie you've seen recently that you're like, wow, that's a great story, and you just you got some inspiration from it. Oh, most oh, recently. Man. There, I narrowed it down for. I made it a, a oh, yeah. fair question. I narrowed it down a lot because <laughs> with with working, I have hardly seen movies. But mm. I'll tell you the one, the most recent one I've seen, the one I just saw one week ago, and I didn't really love this movie when it came out. Just for everyone to know, I felt like, oh well, it lacked something. I don't know what it missed, but I think it was just the hours of the night that I was watching it, and and, and you know maybe going in with the wrong expectancies but did you did you see black panther yeah oh yeah that's i just saw that last week i can't say it's my favorite of all time but since we're talking about recents i watched it again with brand new eyes and i was able to Mm. appreciate things that i wasn't able to appreciate before you know so there was interesting messages in there and 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 I feel the villains that are most compelling are the villains that sometimes have a point in something. Of course. But they do, they do some things maybe in the wrong manner. So that's where the, the villain and the protagonist differ. You know, they, they want the same objective, but they're doing it in a different way. Um, so I, I really appreciated things of that. I, I was in awe of why is this a global phenomenon? What's it doing mm-hmm. in the Oscars? The first time I saw it. I'm like, this doesn't deserve that much. I mean, I, lo- I like it, but come on. But then I watched it again, and it's like, okay, I-, I-, I see. You know, I can see how with certain dialogues that I have recently in my head, I can see how if I were a person of color, I can totally see how I'd be crying at the end of that movie, you know? And, and the other thing, too, is that we see so many movies, and it was hard for me to understand because I'm not a person of color. Yeah. But – James Bond's always a white dude. Uh, You know, all these action stars, Jack Sparrow, the Transformer, Shia LaBeouf, whatever. Now we have uh, a a black character that kids watching this, they're like, sweet, you know, kids who are of color, right? And and, And when someone explained that to me, I was like, yeah, duh. Like, why didn't I get that, right? Because, you know, here I am living in my white privilege. So yep. that began to open my eyes and see, you know what? Representation matters for kids growing up for their own encouragement, right? But kind of like you, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that was a sweet action movie. <laughs> then as I, as, I, as I re-examine it again, like you say, with fresh eyes, you see, okay, yeah, this is, I I get it differently. I right? exactly. You you pick on to new things, and I, I'm sure we can. I'm sure that applies with many movies. Like you can watch it, and it's not till the third, fourth time that you really grasp every little detail. Especially if it's a Marvel movie, it probably has a bunch of Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the other one I was going to say too is um, you were you were sorry you're mentioning about villains and Darth Vader. Like we get these just monstrous villains that are just so evil. They're seething with evil. We have to hate them. But then we have these villains who you kind of see their story arc, like you're saying with uh, Killmonger was his name, the villain in uh, Black Panther, and, and how you can see through this frustration, through the heartbreak that he's felt, you can see how he becomes what he is. 
And that's more accurate to what the villains in real life are. They're people who have been hurt. And to combat them, um, there's a wonderful song, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. It says, war is not the answer. Uh, love is the only answer to hate. Something along the lines of paraphrasing here. But I heard that today and I'm like, damn, like I needed to hear that because that is the answer. In these movies, the way we beat the enemy is by beating the piss out of them. Sorry for my language. But what they really need is compassion and understanding. And I think that, that, that you can help people much better that way than you can when you shame them and things like that. That was my rant. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And and you can actually you grow a little more when you when you try to understand instead of trying to cut down. So so what happened? This protagonist, you know, Black Panther, um, uh, Black Panther. What what happens at the end is, well, he defeated the bad guy, but he actually made changes to his way of government, uh, his way of being king because of the bad guy. Like he, yeah. he decided to make some changes because of it. So I mean, it was cool. I just, I just thought it was nice. It was the most recent one I've seen. That's why I mentioned it, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I, I, I like what you said about, he sought to understand and that's what the world needs because there's a lot of divisiveness and division. And when we, when we try to silence voices rather than to understand, you know, why do you think about that? Mm. That's when we get some pretty radical, crazy ideas going on. For example, with COVID, a lot of people are like, this isn't really happening. Okay, like, let's try and talk about why you think that is. Oh, the government, they're out to get us. There's fear. If we look historically down through the ages, the bubonic plague, it was pretty amazing the, the primary accounts of what was happening because the uh, priests were writing you know, the accounts of the bubonic plague and how it was rampaging Europe. And there were people that were like sticking in their homes. They're like, we're not going outside. And then there were people that were like, that's nothing, let's party. And they're getting hammered. Yeah. And it, you know that was their response to fear, to a pandemic. And it, it hasn't changed much no. in, in the 600 years or whatever that that happened. I, I, I've been trying to, I learned about this when I was in university and I've been trying to find out these primary accounts and I haven't been able to find them since, but that always stuck out that there were people that were freaking out. And then there were people that just didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. History is just, it's just repeats itself <laughs> over and over again but yep. we can learn from it. Yeah, definitely. That's that, that I think there was a saying, I cannot remember exactly uh who or if I'm making this up, but <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. But yeah. the the saying and if nobody said it then I will mm. take it as my own. I like no, it. Uh, but it. the saying was the what what we I'm going to paraphrase. What we learn from history is that we don't learn from history. So I, mm. I think I, I think I saw somebody read somebody that said that, and it's very interesting because that can seem pretty true. I mean, you look around and it's like, wow, what we can see and learn from history is that people just don't learn from history, and and that's very interesting. Like, oh, why is history? How's that going to help me in my life? You know, mm. that, that just like 
how is math going to help me? Uh, but how is history? Oh my gosh, why? But this is why. This is why. Because this has happened before. This has happened before and in many other ways. In, 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 yeah, it will just, happen again. It will probably not be the last pandemic in this yeah. world. Yep, exactly. I mean, that's that's a wonderful point that, you know, the point of history is we need to question history too. Whose history are we, we learning, right? Because there's, there's an element of why am I learning about this, but not about that? I mean, there was a period in time when people, okay, for, for example, February is Black History Month. Yeah. And, and there was a period in time when, when in textbooks in like the 60s in the United States and in Canada, there's maybe a paragraph on Black history and what that was. Mm. But now we know that, first of all, human civilization came from Africa, right? Started from there. So it just goes to show that we, we need to, to question whose narrative we're learning about yes. and, and include the other stories as well, which brings up the importance of storytelling. Yeah. Because it's, it's not just kept through nonfiction, you know, like biographies and stuff. It's also been kept for, you know, thousands of years through stories. And that's what you're doing. So by you creating stories, you're a historian. That's true. I haven't seen it exactly uh, that way, but <laughs> <laughs> now you say it out loud, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely accurate. Yep, you are 100% right. I, I'm going to have to agree on that. <laughs> there you go, man. So it sounds like COVID has been, you've, you've taken it as an opportunity to grow. Yes. Uh, yes, I think... I'm I'm of a thought you can take absolutely anything to grow and not just mm. COVID, not just global things, but whatever's happening in your personal home, you know, something, something you, you can grow from it. You know, you can learn from something. You can always grow from something, whether it be a victory or a failure, whatever's happening in between. I mean, there's always something to learn, even things you can't control, like I don't know. I, I was telling you about my, my dad. I had him on a podcast. He's a, a sick man. You know, his life is a miracle, but he is, yeah. he is okay right now. I mean, we, we have conversations and he, all of a sudden he's in pain, but we learn how to have peace. You know, there's peace wouldn't exist if there weren't any storms. So, yeah. so definitely you just, you, you can either take these afflictions, if we want to call it that way. You can you can take these uh, hard times as a way to just justify our spiraling down and, and just absolutely destroying ourselves and exploding. Or we can take them as a reason of why we're going to grow, get stronger, get better, and, and just fortify ourselves. I think those are the two routes, and it's really just up to us which route we're going to take. Yeah. And to your point you're making me think about gratitude and how mm. you know we we all think of things differently but but being thankful for for our families like you've mentioned for for god you know whatever that looks like to some people but that's the key right there it's just yeah. 
realize what you i mean humans i think i was telling my wife the other day man if we were just grateful for everything that we'd have we'd realize we have a perfect life so yeah. I, I was asking her what what's a perfect life to you and it's like is this a trick question <laughs> but yeah what's a perfect life to you and to me i realized that before I thought, oh, my perfect life is when I have my career and I have my, my 12 Oscars, you know, and, and, and all these things. But then I realized, what, what if that never happens? Did I never reach the perfect life? And then I just, mm. just stopped myself and realized this is the perfect life, what I have right now. It, it, and it all is up to gratitude. Yeah. yeah. And, exp- and it's, again, to your point, when you're here right now, because that's the war that we face, I think, is the battle between being here, right, you and me, and being kind of in between here and this, right, technology. And, and I'm not doing a holier than thou thing. It's something that I struggle with. I mean, I'm with my daughter. And, you know, when you have kids, uh, if, if you decide to have kids or whatever, but <laughs> for me, that's, that's my thing. Everybody has different things. Yeah. But when I'm with my daughter, and I want to make that clear, right? It's you don't have to have kids to find your thing. But for me, that's my thing. And when I'm with her, and like I mean with her, that is just, dude, that's that's when you experience God. Not to sound religious, but there's just something about like I'm tapping into something beyond me. Yes, beyond me. That's like yeah. a key phrase right there. See, when you're grateful for what you have. You're not thinking about what you need. And when you're not mm. thinking about what you need, because you really just don't need it, but yeah. when you're not thinking about me, 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 then automatically you're thinking about others. Mm. And, and what I, I have said many times to many people is like the best cure to depression or the best cure to this or the best cure to going crazy, the best cure is asking somebody else what you need. Because when you help somebody, and, and this is this is not just me thinking this. This is actually me living this. Because I have, I have had experiences where I'm just feeling down, depressed, and it's like, oh, what a bad day, you know? But then somebody calls or sends me a text message asking me, hey, can you help me with this? Or, or can you give me advice on that? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this right now. This is like <laughs> the worst timing ever. But I follow through. And as soon as I'm done with that person, as soon as I'm done speaking or helping or doing whatever, I feel really good. Like at the end, it's like, why was I depressed? This was amazing. I was useful today. And that is really, for me, the key. It's just gratitude and service. That's it, you know. Mm. And and that, like you say, I mean, that's really when when you experience greater things beyond yourself. And that's just awesome. Yeah, that's... I love that gratitude and service. I mean, it's so simple yet, you know, profound. And, and again, looking at my daughter, I mean, what does she really need? She needs food. She needs sleep and she needs connection, right? She would be just fine without a cell phone. Yeah. Uh, you, she'd be just fine without all my pretentious things that I own, all my, all my materialistic things. Yeah. Yet, yet I, you know, I get something out of them. So it's knowing that balance and you nailed it, man. Gratitude and service. It's, it's, a, it's like, we got to learn how to beat kids again, where everything was yeah, just man. simple. I mean, you remind me of us, uh, of when my dad, he'd come back from work or whatever. And, and, you know, all the, all the big 
money that he has, he keeps in the bank or he keeps in his wallet. But if he ever had any change, he would just, oh, here, here, Jenny and my little sister, here, have the change. And she would be so happy. She's like, oh, yeah, I got change, you know? Yeah. And so happy with something that will buy her probably just gum. <laughs> and it's like, that makes her happy. I mean, why what? can't we be kids again where we're not just trying to own the world, but really just look around and see that we have so much and exactly what you said. You just need this, this, and that. Everything else is privileges. Like, yeah. I realized my computer, my connecting to the world, my socials, my phone, I mean – that's that's a privilege that we have in this generation. That's just we don't need it to survive, but it's nice. <laughs> and, and and I do want to identify that that not everybody in the world has, you know, these these privileges that that Absolutely. we have, right? And and that that is you know, my goal is to raise awareness and and do what I can to help people, you know, to provide that, right? Yeah. So Man, I gotta say, dude, thank you. So I'm I'm looking at the time here. I'm like, oh, 37 minutes, or we're actually at 45, and you got one at 10. So who's who's your next interview with? Who's my next interview? Well, yeah, you said you had one at 10. It's more like a meeting. We're we're having a oh, meeting. Oh, I see. It's not, it's not really podcasting. It's now a meeting about a campaign we're gonna do, and it's actually it's it's hilarious because it has to do with purpose. So. So not not to start preaching or anything, but we we have a church and it's a meeting uh, about that. I'm a Christian, so we actually gonna run a campaign called Live with Purpose, mm. and so that's what the meeting's about. But yeah, and that I mean that's my passion. Whatever, it, you, whatever religion, whatever you think, whatever you feel, definitely just do things with purpose. That's what I would say. That's yeah. that's my message really, and that's what I want to portray in in my films. Not trying to stuff specific things down people's throat, but just generally saying, if you're going to do something, do something with purpose because you never know when it's just your last day, like going back to what we were talking about in the beginning, to definitely do things that have meaning and, and, and stop waiting to get it perfect. Because like you said, the only thing that's perfect is was not done. <laughs> yeah. And, and the message, somebody said this to me, it was a jewel. I was like, oh, that's good. But the message should be louder than the messenger because that's what matters, Yeah. right, Yep. is the message. And my friend, you're carrying a very good message, right? Thank you. I believe in what you're doing. So thank you so much. Now, now once again, what's the name of your, uh, your podcast that you've started up? I started up Double Edge Podcast. Awesome. That is what it is. And you can find it anywhere under Eric Phil Brown which is my name. <laughs> now, how did you come up with the name uh, Double Edge? Like, what's Double the Edge. story behind there? That's, honestly, I hadn't really thought of the name. Like I said, well, I think I told you, I'm not sure I said it on the podcast, but um, I was just going to just have conversations with my name. Like, my podcast is my name. Why add anything? But my dad's like, no, you got to have a name. And I'm like, okay, well, let's look for a name. And then we just thought of this one, and I'm like, I love this one. Double edge. It's like a double-edged sword. And I yeah. feel like that's what words are. You know, words can be to build somebody up or to cut them down completely. So, I mean, I feel like that's what words do. So it's just mm. about, you know, be, being careful with that double edge <laughs> and just speaking things that, that edify. Right. Well, another thing that I've thought about, and, and to your point perhaps, is 
what I say is what I'm hearing, but what I'm saying is we're hearing different things. You're hearing what I'm saying through your collective consciousness, and I'm saying what I'm saying through mine, and there's always room for discrepancy. Mm. And that's why it's important to have conversations where we, once again, we seek to understand, not to have this, I'm right, you're wrong, vice versa. Yeah, so, absolutely. I love it, man. Keep it up. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, and once again, Eric, thank you. Thank you. Once again, that was Eric Brown from Double Edge Podcast. Uh, I'm going to quote him here in when he said that you can use any opportunity to grow in life, not just a, you know, a pandemic where you have to be at home, but any opportunity, be it a breakup, be it a, a loss of a job. There's something in your mindset that you can see it as cataclysmic, you know, Ah, it's the end of everything, or it's the beginning of something new. It's an opportunity to grow. So it was awesome having Eric on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, having him on. Thank you very much for listening. Once again, please support us on Patreon for as low as a dollar a month so we can keep doing what we love and, and keep giving that love to you. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.